Hello, Pastor Deborah here again. We are in another word of encouragement for you. Yeah, just for you. And maybe your family and your children and those even in the womb. Welcome. I'm Pastor Deborah, and this is Agape Love. Love is here's global teaching ministry, words of encouragement. We're coming from my Zoom studios with a motion video by Pixabay. Welcome. We are in number 37 11 of 2022. When you see this, we should be well into the year 2022. Mm -hmm. This word of encouragement is entitled, What Manner of a King, a Leader, a Ruler, a Father, a Mother, a CEO are you? That's a good question to be asking yourself. Oh, you didn't know that even a mother is a king, a ruler, a leader? How about if you're the oldest in the family, the oldest child? Maybe you're the wise person of the community. Mm -hmm. Maybe the eldest. Maybe you're the leader of a community. Maybe you're the owner and the CEO of a business that does global work. Everybody is a leader. Mm -hmm. What? You didn't know that a child in the womb is a leader? Yes. It has a desire to come forth into life and to become all it's desired to be and was created to be. That's what a leader does. Come forth, lead, become, and help others. So in this word of encouragement, number 37, 11 of 2022, as we said, the title is, I'm asking you a question. What manner? And we'll say another, what kind of a king, a leader, a ruler are you? It is based on 1 Samuel 8, 11 through 17 of the authorized King James Bible. You know that's the one Pastor Deborah uses because there's no commentaries from anybody. It is left up to you to ask the Holy Spirit, your spiritual teacher, what the words mean. You have to look with spiritual eyes, not with the eyes of your flesh. Not with the eyes of your physical body or your soul, which is also called your heart, your mind. You must look with your spiritual heart and mind and eyes. So let's get into the scriptures. But before we do, that's right, Pastor Deborah always has prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you again today to bring a word of encouragement and hope, words of healing and deliverance from you. From your very word to all that hear, see, and are here right now with me in the spirit. We ask that you open up their hearts so that they will spiritually hear, spiritually see, and understand 
your words of spirit and life. And they will look beyond the flesh. And they will say, who is to, to be the true king, ruler, and leader within their system of spirit, soul, and physical body? And that who is they are to be submitted to? Help us, Father, to understand your words from 1 Samuel 8, 11 through 17, for its spiritual meaning to our spirits. Feed us and nourish us with your living bread and your endless eternal words of water that will cleanse us and rinse all the darkness out of us, which means ignorance. Father, help us. Fulfill your Isaiah 61 and 62 in our lives. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Okay, let's begin. This verse set of scriptures is from 1 Samuel. Samuel was an Old Testament prophet. He was picked as a young child. And how his story went, his mother, Hannah, had been married. But she couldn't conceive a child. So she, And back in those days, if you were a woman and you could not conceive, you were considered cursed. You were barren. You could not bring forth life. So she went into the temple of the Lord where a priest named Eli was. And she went in with heart, felt tears and sadness, and was praying to God quietly to have a child. Now, Eli did not know what she was saying, but he came up to her and said, God will bless you. Be encouraged to have hope. She went away. God granted her petition. She became pregnant because during her prayer, her petition to this God of Israel, she said, if you give me a child, I will give him back to you to raise up as one of your mighty priests and prophets when he has finished weaning from my breast. And God took up her offer. She went home. She conceived by her husband. And she fulfilled her side of the bargain. She gave young Samuel up. Not quite sure how old he was, but we'll say could have been five or six. Back to the church, so to speak. Said, here, Eli, you raise him. Now her statue in the community was assured. She had other children after Samuel because she sacrificed her first one to God. It was a strange sacrifice. It required no death, but it did in her soul. She had to give up Samuel. Samuel broke the curse in her life. And she had other children. So Samuel was taken in by Eli and was beginning to be raised as a priest and a prophet. When he was young, one night, the story goes, he's sleeping. And he hears a voice saying, Samuel, Samuel. Well, Samuel didn't know who it was. He thought it was Eli. So he runs to Eli, the priest. He says, yes, sir, here I am. What you want? He did that two other times. Eli finally realized it was God speaking to Samuel. So he told Samuel when he, this voice does this again. I remember he's a young child, maybe six, seven, eight years old. 
When the voice says your name again, say to him, yes, sir, your servant is here and I am listening. And Samuel did that. So Samuel's relationship with God began very early in a prayer petition from his mother. So mothers, when you pray over your children, if you do, pray that they are in connection with God from an early age. And if God asks for them, then you give them up. Many do. That's how many of your priests and your rabbis and your maybe your imams all become men and women of God. So Samuel was very powerful. He had a relationship with God from very early in his life. And he grew in wisdom and knowledge of God, the priesthood, being a prophet, sacrificing. He didn't have a normal life as his other brothers and sisters did. He didn't work outside the church. His whole life was dedicated to worshiping, praying, interacting with this God. So when he's getting older and God's people who he had brought out of Egypt, they had begun rejecting this God of Samuel, this unseen God. They thought a golden calf had brought them out because that's all they knew was statutes and animals, half human, half people. So they were turning from this invisible God that Samuel had known since his childhood. So what was happening was they had said, we don't, Samuel, because your sons that you raised up, they don't, they're not like you. And they're not righteous judges and prophets and priests. They take bribes and money. They're greedy for gain. We don't want them and the God that they are professing to serve over us anymore. Because these your sons who have become prophets, they have tainted us towards your God. Because your God, you said your God picked him. So we don't want him. We want a God, a king over us. Like all the other nations have, one you can see physically. We don't want this God that's invisible to go out and do battle for us. We want this king to go out and physically do battle for us. We want him to judge us, not this invisible God that your sons have perverted in front of our eyes. Because if you said he picked them and he anointed them, then they are telling us this God is horrible. He's greedy and takes bribes. He doesn't care for us. He just cares for money. That is how powerful you as a leader can distort who this God is. So Samuel said, okay. Now he was grieved and God said, they're not rejecting you, Samuel. They're rejecting me. But you give them what they want. But you tell them the man or the kind of king they're going to get in the natural. That is what this word of encouragement is about. And the Lord God of Israel, of Samuel, said unto the prophet Samuel, after being rejected, as the king and judge of the nation of Israel, one who would reign over the nation by laws and commandments, the people, and he would judge them for their acts, their thoughts, and he would do battle for them, even though they couldn't see him. 
against their enemies that they couldn't even see. Because this time, Israel was all flesh creatures. The only enemy they saw was ones in the natural and physical bodies. They didn't know there were spiritual enemies that needed to be fought. So we pick up in verse 11. And God is telling Samuel the manner of the king they're going to get when they have chosen now a human being. And this relates to you. This will be the manner, verse 11, of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, for his armies, and will be, and they will be his horsemen, his soldiers. And some shall run before his chariots. They will be his secret service protectors. Right there he's saying he's going to form an army, military, going to be physical, your sons. And he's going to take them to protect himself, to fight his battles. You're going to lose your sons to him. Verse 12. And he, this manner of a king, will appoint himself captains, meaning rulers, government officials, cabinet members, judges, people he likes that think like he does, maybe of his same tribe or party. Thus, he will appoint the governors and the mayors. It will be all about him and his family and his chosen ones that he chooses they will be rulers over you. No longer your elders who are full of wisdom. No longer God and his word will be he who he picks. And they will be people that support his thoughts and his ways. And what he thinks is important. He will then have captains over thousands. And captains over 50s. And he, this manner of king that you want, this leader, this ruler, this politician, that's what a king is. He's a politician. This government ruler, this president, prime minister, a chief operations officer, a dictator, will set them. Your sons, his rulers, his officers in his government to be over and watch you, the land, the resources, the products you produce, how many animals you can have, how many children you can have, where the roads are going to be built, what you can do with the water on your land. What are you going to do with your sheep? He'll collect that too. He'll gather up your harvest and take most of it for himself to feed his captains, his officials, not your family. Your harvest will be his. You'll be working for him to support him and his captains and his thousands. 
And this is what Samuel was told by God, the kind of king that they were going to get instead of him. And these sons, these people that he brings into his government that work for him, they will produce his instruments of war and his instruments of his chariots, which we might call now our cars, our planes, our tanks. They'll work for him to do battle against the physical enemies. He won't be doing anything against your spiritual enemies. Mm -hmm. You'll be on your own, he's saying, with this king. And you'll be dependent on the number of people in his military, how well the chariots are built and the swords. You'll be dependent on your armor that you make, your physical strength, how many people you have as soldiers. And how well you can feed them. So now you guys are responsible for all your victories. Is what he's saying. And God will sit back and let you fight. And he won't help. Because he's not in the battle with you. He's not your king. And so he goes on and says, "Eh, this is the manner of the king you're going to get. Because you have rejected me, the God of Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. Many nations have done that. Some don't even have a God except maybe a dragon. Or they have a God that's a half moon with a star on it. Not quite sure if it's the moon or the star that's supposed to be the God. Some of them have goddesses. Some of them have animals or gods. Some of them have the government itself is a God. Yeah, I just heard that somebody claimed that the Capitol building of America is considered the temple of democracy. Do you know democracy, communism, socialism, authoritarian, they were all created by pagans, people without this God of Samuel. It wasn't his idea to have democracy. That was done by the Greeks, who were pagans. They didn't know about this God of Samuel. And if they did, they rejected him. Verse number 13. And the manner, this kind of king, maybe it might be your father, the king of the family, the king of the business, the king of the neighborhood. Might be the king who wrote a book. Lots of kings, rulers, leaders. This king of your nation, this ruler, leader, this politician, remember, a king is a politician, Mm -hmm. has a government, manages it, will take your daughters, not only your sons, but now your daughters, to be his confectionaries, his harem his girlfriends, his sexual objects, his wives, his servants, to work for him, to please him. He'll take them and give them to whoever he wants. They'll become his slaves, your daughters. So now you lose your sons and your daughters. And you've already lost your crops and your wheat and your sheep. And you got to work for this king. So this God of Samuel is trying to tell him this is going to be the manner 
of this politician, this ruler of your nation. He's trying to warn him. And Samuel goes on because God went on and said, also these girlfriends, these daughters of yours, they'll become his cooks, his bakers. They won't be cooking for you and your family. They won't be helping you survive. They will help the king. They'll make whatever he wants, his dainty delights. Because he's going to get all that he needs from you. Steal it. You owe it to him. Pay taxes to him. Mm -hmm. People even do that now. All over in every nation. You pay taxes to this king. He wants a salary. He's got to pay all his buddies, all the people that serve him, all the military. Verse 14. And he will take your fields, your lands, your homes, your farms, your forest, and your vineyards, your businesses, and your olive yards, your energy sources, and give them your possessions, maybe been in your family for hundreds and hundreds of generations, to his servants, those that serve him, his buddies. We'll call them his lords. Those who work for him, who obey him, align with him. If you serve the king and what he wants, he'll give you goodies. He'll take them from you. He'll take your lands. He'll confiscate it for the government. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's the manner of this king, who is not the God of Samuel. And this God goes on to Samuel in verse 15 and says, And he, this manner of a politician, this king, this leader and ruler, this president, this prime minister, will take the tenth of your seed, your earnings, your food, your produce, your items, and of your vineyards, and give them to his officers, his friends, those that support him and protect him, and to his own family and servants. You're going to give a tenth of everything you make. We hear that a lot in church. Give a tithe, a tenth of whatever you make. Well, that's the king of that church. And then you got the government, you owe taxes. God would never ask that of you. Because you don't have anything to give in the realm of the spirit, except your life and your obedience. So he's trying to tell Israel what the manner of this earthly king was going to be like, what he was going to require of you. Verse 16, the manner of this king will take your men's servants, your own workers, and your vineyards, your business, your places, and means of making money, and doing work, and your maidservants, and your women, your young girls, and your best young men, your boys, your children, for their own pleasure. They will human traffic your children out. 
They will come in and pay you money to marry a child bride. They will offer you anything. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, they will sacrifice your children to drugs, alcohol, for money, for pleasure. Mm -hmm. Your children, your little children will become entertainment, child pornography for these kings and their servants and their people, the world rulers, the leaders, school teachers, policemen, doctors, business owners. Your children will be kidnapped, taken, used and abused, drugged. Mm -hmm. Go watch the movie Taken. You'll see the sheiks of Arabia, the sheiks of the Islamic world, buying women for sexual pleasures that they cannot have according to their faith and religion. People will be bought and sold. And to some, it's just business. That's what you learn in the movie Taken, mm -hmm, the first one. It's just business, money. It has nothing personal to do with anybody. That is the manner of the king, the ruler, the leader, the business leader. A sheik of an Arab nation, another politician, maybe a sports person, an owner of a company. He's trying to tell you. He's trying to warn them. This is what you're going to get. Because the human heart is horrible, wicked, greedy full of lust. And God is saying, I am not like this. I will not do this. And he goes on and says that your children will entertain them. They'll dance before them. Mm -hmm. And if they're asked to be slaughtered, they'll be slaughtered. If they're taken in to be in the harem, they go into the harem. You have no say. You have no rights under this manner of king. They'll take your working tools, your cows, your asses, maybe your houses, your tools, away from you for themselves. They are greedy for gain. This God of Samuel says, I don't need anything you have except your love, your faith, and your trust. I'll do the rest, but that's not what you want. And it is so powerful to learn that people who are in leadership, pastors, prophets, teachers, politicians, kings, who say they are called of God, they can turn people away from this one true God of Samuel based on how they act. Do they just become millionaires while everybody else is not? It's all about them. So you have to be very careful who you follow. Verse 17. The manner of this king that Israel wanted, an earthly human being, for their ruler, their leader, their politician, their business CEO, their faith leader, their pastor, their prophet, will take a tenth of your sheep. Your food, 
your items of sacrifice. Maybe the sheep's wool that you use for clothes. Maybe raw produce. And you shall be his, this king's slaves. Just working for him. There are so many evil, wicked stories. We've heard them. Kings owning the forest. You can't even eat, go and hunt for the deer. That deer belonged to the king. And if you try to feed yourself, they'll kill you. This was the manner of the king because the hearts were wicked. Samuel was so sad and so was God. But God had to remind Samuel, they're rejecting me. This God they cannot see. This God who is not like this. And they will have to learn that even in the natural, I want to be their God who helps them with all their things in the natural. But if you put your faith in human beings, as they were fixing to do with an earthly king, a human, this was going to be the manner that the king, the politician, the leader was going to be. And we see it even now today. So my question to you is, are you this way? Are you this type of king? Or are you one like Samuel? And you have dedicated your life to God. And God is your king and leader and judges you and does his battles for you. Pastor Deborah chose long time ago the God of Samuel, the God of Israel. He is my king. He has protected me in battles. He has stopped scissors in midair for me. He has also helped people who need food and shelter supernaturally. Those are some great stories called Jacob's Ladder, Angel Plains, the supernatural Game Boy. They're all on the website in the Kingdom of Agape Love, Volume 2, Prayer and Fasting. God desires you to know what manner of king and politician we have. That's over you. But Israel was stubborn and rebellious, just like all of us. They want the government, a human being, who's like this, to be our judge, be our jury, to come after us, to spy on us. And we'll give him our votes to do it, give him our money, and he will just make sure we're entertained and we have pleasures forevermore. He'll take your kids. He'll train them in education. Use propaganda on all of us. Put spells of concealment and slavery on us. Get us up in hate and jealousy. And then come in and say, I got the answers. So be encouraged. Ask yourself, are you this manner of king, this leader, this mother, this father, this business owner that was described to Samuel from God himself to tell Israel? And here is what he looks like. He has multicolors, changes with the wind. He and he alone. Nobody else has the direction. Everybody will serve it. And it rises up in many ways. Mm -hmm. Some are called leaders and kings of the new world that's coming. 
New world order, no God. Mm -hmm. You can have faith, but it ain't going to be in this God, a Samuel, being the God that's hidden from you, called the God of this world, the God of lust, the God of pride, the God of the Antichrist, the God of familiar spirit, sickness and death, the God of deception, the God of slavery. You thought the Egyptians were bad. They were only an earthly example of the spiritual enemy of the God of Samuel. Mm -hmm. But be encouraged. If you are this manner of God, that God was telling Samuel, if you are one of these, there's hope for you. If you are under one of them, and you have been taken in by him. There's hope for you. God will help you if you'll come back to him and say, God of Samuel and of Israel, you are my king, and I serve only you. Help me to know how to do that. Help me to be free of an earthly kingdom, an earthly king. Help me to serve you as Samuel did, hearing you, knowing you, being protected by you. Don't let me become just a slave and a servant to an earthly king. Help me, Father, if I am an unrighteous king that's been described here by Samuel. Help me. Kill me if you have to spiritually and in my soul. Make me new and a righteous king under you, God of Samuel, God of Israel and the whole Bible. You are either one of those. Just ask him today. He will help you. He wants you to be with him. He wants to protect you. Do your battles for you spiritually and in the natural. He's got the power to do it, and he wants to. So be encouraged. There's hope for you. If you're one of these kings and politicians that God spoke about, you can change. The old you will have to die. You know what I just heard? There was this young lady said that she had uh, married into a royal family, but she felt like she was dying, and she was the her that she had become, which was very wicked, greedy, selfish, would not fit into this royal family the way it was supposed to fit. She could no longer be the kind of person that she was. Her desires could no longer be her desires. It had to be the nations and the royal family's desire. She couldn't do things the way she wanted. So she was really telling us the her that she was felt like she was dying. Going to be trapped and never allowed to be free to say what she wanted. People didn't see that that is what happens when you want to come and be a new person. Join a new family, the God of heaven, the old Jew, all of its desires, 
must die. It must give way to a new you. But that old you is powerful. You go read my story called It's Time about the death of Jan. That was the old me. And how Pastor Deborah had to rise. This young woman was sensing the death of who she was. And she wasn't willing to be birthed anew into a royal family with a true royal identity and her children to come and take her place. The old her wanted to live and sort of be her in that system, and the system would not allow it. I could not be Jan in the kingdom of heaven under the king that Samuel served. Jan was evil and wicked and hurt and wounded, hateful and greedy. It had to die. And that's what she was saying she felt like. And nobody was helping her. They didn't even understand when she said it, what was happening. The old her was starting to give way and die. And the old her did not want to die. It wanted to live as it was with all of its desires and thoughts and ideas in this new system. But the new system says, no, you can't do that. We have rules. I couldn't be Jan in the kingdom of heaven with this God. Jan had to die. And that was what I learned just this week about this young lady. Her old her was trying to live. But she knew it was dying, so she had to get away, escape, leave. In order for the old her to stay strong, alive, in charge of the physical body, the spirit, and the soul. So it did that. But nobody understood what she was really saying. I just caught it when I rewatched an interview she was on. Sometimes that happens. We get married. The old you that was single had lots of friends. It dies. Now you become a partner. Going to become a mother. A lot of old ideas you had. What you used to do. Staying out late. Drinking. Doing drugs. Sex with anyone. It all has to end. That's you. The old you dying. And if you go into, we'll say, the government. You can't take the old you with you, but most people do. And they change the government. The government is evil and wicked in most in the earth. The only government that's righteous and pure and holy and really cares for its people is the kingdom of heaven, which you can be in if you will allow this God to be your king, your warrior for you, your judge. And you believe and walk in his ways. Mm -hmm. Then you got it made. All right. I will see you again next week. But let's end with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. Showing us the manner of a king that we might be. A father, a mother, a brother, a business owner. And how evil and wicked it is. Thank you for showing us the politicians that a king is a government official, a politician, 
He is to run the affairs of state, families, businesses. And you told us and you warned us that if we do not have you as our king, as our warrior and judge, we will be the same as this manner of king that you told Samuel Israel was to have. Help us to look at ourselves, to judge ourselves and say, what manner of king are we? In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Okay, I'll see you in the next Word of Encouragement video. Bye. See you later. Bye-bye.